You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Dan Jetto. Hello and welcome to River Rock Church. It is my privilege this week to preach for River Rock. My name is Pastor Dan Jetto. I serve as a worship and discipleship pastor at the church. My message this week is called Living a Life That is Significant, and it's driven uh, from experiences that I had this week, taken primarily from 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verse, and the entire chapter. See, this week God has taken me from the mountain peaks of joy to the deep valley of pain. On October 7th, I held my 20th grandchild and looked into her eyes alive with wonder, waiting to discover all the world has to offer. And my heart was warm. And what grandparent isn't filled with joy when they get to hold that grandchild for the very first time and look into their face and, and see their perfect little fingers and their perfect little feet and, and touch their soft skin. And at 9.15 p.m. on October 10th, I watched my father breathe his last breath. And I was able to look into his lifeless eyes and gently close them. And it was by far the hardest thing I have ever done. I hurt so badly that I could not even cry. I'm 60 years old and I never felt pain like that before, 61. The joy and the pain mingle in my conscious thoughts, leaving me at times empty, sometimes longing, longing to spend more time with my dad, for just one more day, longing to be with my loved ones who are far away, longing for the peace that only God can provide. And I know it will come, because I've been here before. But this also brought me to question my own life. And this is common among many people. Um, but I question, what is it important? What important things should I be doing as a believer? How do I make my life count? How do I make my life matter? How do I give my life significance in this time I have between when I open my eyes in wonder to discover all that the world has until that day comes when my loved ones will close my eyes? And God has told me as I sought him in this time that I need to love. I need to love deeply and I need to love with actions that show that I am his follower. I was led to 1 Corinthians 13 as I, I pondered all of this, but I'm going to highlight some other passages as well. So I want us to go, go ahead and jump right in. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to read the entire uh, chapter. It's only 13 verses. And then we'll begin to talk about it. If I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, 
I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all the faith so that I can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in the mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. As I looked at this passage and thought about uh, this week and all the things that have been happening, thought about what Jesus himself said and did, it was easy, very easy for me to come up with the bumper sticker for today's message. And that bumper sticker is, Love Matters. Say it again. Love matters. Love matters. So let's jump into the passage. And I'm going to be paraphrasing what was in the passage as we just read it. And it begins with this. If I speak with the greatest eloquence that charms and moves people, bringing them great enjoyment, but don't have love, it is meaningless. Because only what is said in love matters. Love matters. If I have the gift of prophecy and able to tell you and explain God's great mysteries better than anyone else, but I don't have love, it is worthless because only what is taught in love matters. Love matters. If I have great faith and able to do amazing miracles, healing people, even raising the dead, but don't have love, it still has no significance because only what is done in love matters. Love matters. If I become the most charitable person in the world, giving away billions of dollars, even giving away my, the very last penny that I own, but don't have love, it accomplishes nothing because only what is given in love matters. Love matters. If I sacrifice my body, giving every organ as a donor, laying down my life, seeking glory for myself, and don't have love, I will be forgotten. It accomplishes nothing because only what is sacrificed in love matters. Love matters. 
Only love can change the world for the better. Only love can change people's eternities. Only love will have eternal consequence and significance. Only those things that we do out of love. Now Paul is not saying to forget about doing all of the things that are described in that first part of the chapter 13, but what he's saying is that we need to do them, and when we do them, we need to do them out of love, trying to bring glory to God and not to ourselves. If we're doing things that are self-seeking, it will have no lasting value or consequence. It will all be worthless. We need to do everything in love because love matters. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, Paul writes this, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through the psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Sometime when you're at home, take this passage and lay it right next to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You're going to see just about everything in 1 Corinthians 13 reflected in this passage, and he's just describing in practical terms how we can do what he's talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. These verses tell us that when we do these things, as, as we need to be doing them as if we were doing them for Jesus, and while doing them, giving thanks to God through Christ. Thank God for the opportunities to do good out of, uh, out of love for Jesus, but also for love for others, because love matters. In the next section, Paul, in this chapter, Paul gives a description of what love is and what it is not. It, and it, again, lines up very well with what we just saw in, in Colossians chapter 3. It begins like this. Love is patient. So when we love, we're willing to wait on others. We do not need instant gratification. We don't need people to serve us. Love is kind. When we love, we will be willing to wait on others. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. When we, when we love, we care about others and seek their good, treating them with gentleness like a mother would care for her newborn. Love does not envy. When we, when we love, we are happy when others find good fortune. When they do well, we do not seek to take that good from them and claim it as ours. We will be content with what God has allowed us to have. Love is not boastful. When we love, we will not brag about ourselves. We will not promote, instead we will promote the good of others. And we, and we will promote their good reputation, protect their good reputation, giving others credit where it is due. Love is not arrogant. When we love, we will not demand our way. We, or, or think that we are better than others. We will point to Christ as our standard and in humility, we will uh, recognize His greatness 
and our position in Him. Love is not rude. When we love, we will treat others with respect. We will not be abusive in our language or in our treatment of others. Love is not self-seeking. When we love, our focus will be meeting others' needs, letting Christ meet our needs. And, and we can hold on to that verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus Christ promises to meet our needs if we will seek him and his righteousness. Love is not irritable. When we love, we will be slow to anger, just as God is. We will accept interruptions and unmet expectations with grace and with patience. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. When we love, we will forgive others and not hold a grudge. We will learn to let go of our desire for vengeance. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. When we love, we will not find our joy in sinful acts, but living in the truth of the Word of God. But not only that, we will also not find joy in seeing others wreak consequences of their sin. We do not want to watch others fail. That is not love. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. When we, are, when we love, we are not ruled by our consequence, by, by the, the circumstances around us. It doesn't matter what's happening around us or to us. We will still be able to carry out the things that we've just seen described above when we love. So how do we do all these things? How do we exhibit these qualities? Well, we can't in our own strength. It is impossible for us to love the way that Christ wants us to love if Christ is not in us. We need his love, and this can only happen if we come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus' uh, closest disciple, John, writes this in 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses 7 through 21. It's a long passage, but it very clearly describes what a relationship in Jesus Christ looks like and how love is such an integral part of that. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit and we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe that, that the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God. And God remains in him. And this love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. 
There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother or sister, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And we have this command from him, the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. If we are in Christ, love will come naturally. It will not be forced. As we grow in his grace and in our relationship with him, we will grow in our ability to love others, even those that we disagree with or are uncomfortable with. We will be able to extend that grace that God has given us to others, and we will be able to live a life of love. John is saying love matters, and that love comes from God first. It doesn't come from us. We can't generate it. It comes from God first. If we desire to have that relationship with Jesus Christ, you know what? He is just waiting for us to come to him. His word tells us that we need his death on the cross to pay the price for our sins, and that his resurrection gives us the hope of eternal life. And Paul writes this in Romans chapter 3, verses 23-24. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified freely by His grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And sin uh, requires a death, but Paul, and, and Paul makes this clear in Romans 6.23. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So all of us have sinned, all of us have earned the wages of sin, which is death. But Romans 5.8, Paul says that, writes this, But God proves his love for us in, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't wait for us to clean up our lives. He died for us while we were still a mess. And he loves us so much, he was willing to die for us so that we could spend eternity with him. But we can't unless we're willing to accept him, that we're willing to put our faith and our trust in his death on the cross as payment for our sins, rather than trying to rely on our own works, and then hold on to the hope that is his resurrection, that we will too be resurrected with him. And Romans uh, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with their mouth, resulting in salvation. If you'd like to enter into that personal relationship with Jesus, you can do so just by, by praying along with me right now. Now the prayer, the words of the prayer are insignificant. What matters is the heart, the heart believing, the heart trusting, uh, putting our whole faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the payment of our sins and then holding on to the hope of the resurrection that he has, has promised us. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that even though I am a sinner and I have sinned, Lord, that you are willing to die for my sin. And Lord, I place my whole trust in your death on the cross as a payment for my sins. I refuse to cling to the worthless acts that I have done, good or bad, Lord, that, that would I would want to try to say, well, this is why you should bring me into heaven. Jesus, I will only trust in your death on that cross. And Lord, as I trust in that, I pray that you give me strength to turn from my sinful ways and Lord, to follow you wholly and wholeheartedly. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have promised me that you will resurrect me, that you go and have gone to prepare a place for me, and that, Jesus, you will bring me to be with you. 
when you come and return. And Jesus, I, I hold on to that promise. Lord, thank you for my life. Thank you for eternal life. And Lord, I cling to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, um, and you would like some resources to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact me uh, through, through the church website, through, uh, through this Facebook page. You can uh, try to message me through Facebook, whatever. I will try to get a hold of you and give you the resources that you need so that you can begin growing in your relationship. Jesus doesn't just take us and, and say, you're saved and then let us go. He wants us to grow in our relationship with him and come closer to him. Now as you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter four, uh, 13, the last section says a lot of stuff about growing in, in, in Christ that Paul talks about, but then also about how right now we only see dimly as in a mirror. We, we don't have the full picture of God's love. and We won't fully understand his love until that one day when he resurrects us and we step into his kingdom. But at the same time, he says that all of these things that we are doing today, all of the things that we cling to, all of that will disappear and only love will remain. It says this, that, that, and, and, and it says this, that all of the great accomplishments of men, those are going to fade away. Prophecy, going to fade away. They're going to disappear. The gift of speaking in tongues, no longer needed. All the spiritual gifts will not be needed in heaven. God will be there. We will be with him. And even all the knowledge that we want to attain, there's no need to increase knowledge uh, once we come into to, to heaven because we will know God fully. We will know everything that we need to know. It says at the very end, faith, hope, and love will remain. And the greatest of these remaining items is love. So it's very clear to me, based on this passage, that all my accomplishments, everything that I've done in my whole life, all the things that I have acquired, all whether, whether it's knowledge or experiences, material goods, will mean nothing when Christ returns. What will matter is how well I loved. And if I could leave a legacy, if, if I could be remembered for anything in my whole life, I hope that what I'm remembered for is how well I loved. When Jesus was asked which commands were the greatest um, by a, a religious leader, he replied this, and it's found in Matthew chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And then in John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus gave his disciples a new commandment. And he says this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we will love God first with all that we are and all that we have, He will fill us with His love for others. And we will be able to live a life of love that will leave a legacy of love that will show people that we are truly followers of Jesus Christ. Above all else, love matters. 
love matters. I'm going to close in prayer. Uh, and I want to thank you for, uh, uh, for watching this video. I uh, thank those who will show up on Sunday uh, as we uh, celebrate being together in the love of Jesus Christ. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you loved me so very much that you were willing to die for me. And Jesus, I pray that you would help me to love you with all my heart. Lord, that you would take that love that you have and give it to me so that I can love others as fully as you have loved me. And Lord, I pray that for all the people who are watching this video as well, that you would fill them with your great love and that they would be able to love others. And Lord, that we would begin to have an eternal effect on our world because I know that love can change everything. And Jesus, I pray that as we love, that your name would be glorified and that your church would grow. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have a great week, and I hope pray that God would show you His great love. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.